What's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrubby here, and welcome back to Ryan's Rants, the weekly series where I just kind of uh, talk about whatever I want for an extended period of time. Hopefully, you guys have had a good week. It's been a bit since I've seen you, but we've officially been doing this for a month. That's right. Dedication. Everything you desire. But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's go. Alright, so the first thing I want to talk about won't take very long, but it's just something I saw this week that bugged me. I have a friend who lives downtown and he has like a condo. And uh, when you come out of the condo to get back to your car or go into the building, there's this alleyway. And the alleyway has an exit from a movie theater on it. So it's pretty like high traffic. People come in and out of the movie theater through that. And I was leaving his house at about like 6 p.m., not insanely late, and I come out and I see a dude peeing in the alley. He's peeing against the wall, but like he's just peeing in the alley. And listen, if I'm on a road trip or something and I see someone like peeing on the side of the road, it is what it is. There's a long time till the next bathroom. You gotta do what you gotta do. But the reason that this particularly bugged me so much was because he had, like, a thing of popcorn. A, holding food while you pee is just a little bit, you know, unhygienic. On top of that, you can't wash your hands, so now you're just eating popcorn with pee hand. But on top of it, it just really bugged me because it's like, dude, I know for a fact that that movie theater has a bunch of bathrooms. There's literally a bathroom before you exit, which meant that this guy walked out of the movie went, mm, I've got to pee. There's a lot of bathroom options, multiple bathroom options on the way out of here. And I could do that. That would make a lot of sense. Or I can wait till I get out in the alleyway. And it's not like I was insanely offended. It's not like I was sitting here, oh my gosh, I can't believe I saw that. I don't really care. It's not like it's offensive to me. It just annoyed me because it was just so much easier for him to use the bathroom. Like he really went out of his way to make his day more inconvenient. And it's not something I wanted to see. Like, I wasn't offended. Oh, my heavens! But at the same time, like, you don't really want to watch someone pee. Call me crazy. Maybe some of you out there are like, no, man, it's sick. I don't want to watch people pee. If that's the only option you got, I get it. But that wasn't his only option. That's why it kind of bugged me. He walked outside to purposely just pee in the middle of the alley. I I think you guys would understand why that's just a little bizarre to me. And that's really off topic. It's got nothing to do with anything else we're going to talk about today, but I I just needed to get that off my chest. All right, so this next story I've actually talked about before when it originally came out and it disappeared for a while because it was so stupid that I feel like it got buried relatively quickly. But for some reason, it's back and spreading on TikTok, which is not surprising. There's this trend going around that you should cook chicken in NyQuil, which just doesn't even sound like a good idea to cook something in a medicine, but I guess morons are doing it anyways. FDA warns of dangerous NyQuil chicken TikTok trend. The sleepy chicken challenge has been around for a while and recently re-emerged in video form. You've got to be 50 shades of stupid to see someone on TikTok making chicken with NyQuil and go, oh, that's a fantastic idea. I should definitely do that. I'm not surprised that someone on TikTok is this dumb, that multiple people on TikTok are this dumb, but the fact that it's spreading is surprising to me. 
I guess at this point, I shouldn't be surprised that, like, every stupid trend on the internet has the propensity to go insanely viral for some reason. I just feel like as time goes on on the internet, people are getting more dumb about the trends they're willing to follow. Everybody used to cringe at how stupid the Harlem Shake was, but by comparison, doing a funny meme dance with your friends is way less harmful than drinking and eating NyQuil chicken. Mmm, I love handling raw chicken and then just getting a bottle of NyQuil, dumping it all over it. It doesn't even sound good. Nothing about NyQuil is tasty to me. Not once have I ever drank a NyQuil and gone, man, I wish there was a soda version of this. Like, who does that? Who's sitting there just drinking NyQuil out of the bottle thinking about how delectable it would be if there was an alcoholic version of this? A dangerous and potentially deadly social media challenge has been flagged by the Food and Drug Administration, which warned consumers that cooking chicken in NyQuil could harm their health. The warning was published online as part of a broader FDA update about a hazardous social media challenge that involves medications. The NyQuil Chicken Challenge, currently dubbed the Sleepy Chicken Challenge, has been around for a while and recently re-emerged in video form. Who was sitting around and decided to bring it back? I feel like this is just one of those trends that they should have let disappear. Nobody should have wanted to bring this back. This is one of those embarrassing things that you're really glad disappears, like the Tide Pod thing a few years ago. The fact that somebody out there, like, knew about this for a while, had apparently been such a big fan they needed to make a viral video about it because the Sleepy Chicken Challenge is just so important to them is kind of terrifying. Also, like, the fact that enough people are on board that the government is taking notice? That's gotta be a lot of people. I feel like the government doesn't really like to make statements about things unless there's been enough of a people using this to create a problem that it's starting to become more of a headache for them to not say anything than it would be to create a statement. So how many people have been dumb enough to try this NyQuil chicken challenge already to the point where the government's aware about it and it's enough of a problem they've got to talk about it? Like some dude that's usually in charge of, uh, I don't know, some government agency, like let's pretend the FBI was involved for a second. He usually spends his time trying to break up like international drug trafficking rings. And right now he's trying to come up with effective messaging on how to convince kids not to eat NyQuil chicken. And every day he just sits at his desk with his head in his hands wondering how we've gotten to here. Sometimes technology makes me so proud of humanity, bro. Like seeing things go to space whenever we invent some huge medical breakthrough. The fact that defibrillators exist, yeah, that's dope. We made that. Makes me really happy. But then sometimes you uh, see something like this where technology's got people eating NyQuil chicken and thinking it's a good idea. And you're like, oh, maybe we should go back to just being cavemen. It might not have been that bad. Compared to people being this stupid, I'll just chase deer all day. Like, uh, all right, fine. Whatever, I gotta fight a saber-toothed tiger every now and then. It's better than TikTok existing. I'll take my chances. Oh, you really think TikTok is that bad? No, it's called exaggeration, man. I don't actually want to fight a saber-toothed tiger. I don't think that would go very well for me. I'm a 21st century boy. What would I do to a saber-toothed tiger? Just angrily look at it and then get eaten insanely fast? The FDA actively monitors social media trends in efforts to combat the spread of online misinformation, an FDA spokesperson told today in an email. The agency will continue to prioritize the safety of consumers and regulated products and will issue warnings and customer safety advice where most appropriate to keep people safe. Unfortunately, many people believe that over-the-counter medications, including NyQuil, are completely safe and won't cause any bad outcomes, said Dr. Sarah Anderson, an adolescent medicine, excuse me, 
specialist and assistant professor in pediatrics at Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons. I feel like you've got to also be really dumb to think that just because you can buy it without a doctor giving you a prescription, it's harmless. Like, yeah, one aspirin's not bad for you, but a bottle is obviously bad for you. One dose of NyQuil, not gonna kill you. Making chicken with a bottle... I don't know if it'll kill you, but it's definitely not good. I feel like that should be obvious. I love how the FDA is also monitoring social media. That means it's not only an agent's job some of the time. There's a dude whose only gig is monitoring social media. The FDA TikTok guy, do you think he's making content too? You know, he's like doing the latest dance, telling people to make sure their milk is pasteurized correctly. Or whatever. Do they want it pasteurized? Processed correctly. That's what I meant. They get really mad about the unprocessed milk. I just think it's funny that a government entity has to spend money on someone's salary so that they can watch TikTok and make sure people aren't stupid enough to keep eating the NyQuil chicken. And I know it's more complicated than, like, technically we're paying their salary, but because it's a government employee, taxpayer money is paying that salary. So, kind of, if you pay taxes in America... You're also paying for a dude to just sit on TikTok and make sure other people aren't dumb enough to eat NyQuil chicken. Which goes to show how dumb some of us are, you know? Like, there's at least 100,000 people that would be dumb enough to eat NyQuil chicken. Which is terrifying, because these people are also probably driving cars right now. The same people doing the Sleepy Chicken Challenge are driving 1,000-pound machinery on a daily basis. Welcome to the 21st century. See, those cavemen times ain't sounding so bad now, are they? Huh? Huh? It's worth pointing out that kids are not trying to hurt themselves, Stalbeck said. They just think it will be funny or fun. My recommendation is to have ongoing education with your kids. Explain to them that just because medication is sold in the store doesn't mean it can't be harmful. Yeah, you, you just should do that. It's important to emphasize that with any medication, including ones that look benign, like whatever that is, if you take too much, you can get really sick and die. If you use it in ways it's not supposed to be used, you can get sick and die. Kids are often receptive to these kinds of messages. Let them read the bottle and see what the right dose is. Oh, are kids usually insanely receptive to that message? If you do this, you will die! The kids are crying, you know? Uh, Why are the kids crying? I don't know. I just told them that if they take NyQuil, they're gonna die, and now they don't want to take it. I I don't understand what's happening. Obviously, you should tell your kids not to take too much medicine. Like, I I think that's just a given. Like, if you have kids, you should 100% do that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. If your kid is, like, silly enough to think that just taking a bunch of medicine is funny and it's just for fun, then, like, you've not done a good job as a parent. I don't know. I hope your kid never thinks that the sleepy chicken challenge is a good idea. And apparently this has gotten so out of control and so insane that NyQuil has had to come out and make a statement. I'm sure they're very upset about that. They were thinking that NyQuil sales were through the roof. They were really enjoying it. So this guy tweeted something about, like, how he loved the new recipe, the chicken's gonna be a knockout. And so NyQuil tweeted that consumer safety is their number one priority and they do not endorse inappropriate use of the product. It's an OTC medication that treats nighttime symptoms of the common cold and flu. And it should be taken as directed using the dosage cup provided did not exceed four doses in 24 hours. So the FDA has to have a guy looking at social media, and now NyQuil is going to have to start releasing ads that, NyQuil, it's really great for going to bed and nothing else. Please do not use it in your chicken, please. We do not want to be sued. Please, please, please do not use it in your chicken, please. 
We are certainly living in the strangest timeline. Like, imagine going back to the 70s and trying to explain to someone that there's a trend where people are making videos of themselves making sleepy chicken. And they would be like, gee willikers, how does everyone have a camera? We must sure be rich in the 21st century. And you'd be like, no, it's on your uh, pocket computer. And they would not know anything that you're talking about. We're in the weirdest timeline for sure. Either way, what I can say, don't make Sleepy Time Chicken. I can't believe I've had to talk about this twice, to be honest. It was not on my uh, bingo card, was Sleepy Time Chicken making a comeback. But because I've talked about it before, I figured I had to, especially now that we know that the government's got social media accounts. So uh, to whoever's running the FDA YouTube, if you want to leave a comment on this video, that'd be cool. Helps boost engagement. You probably can't, though. He has to, like, leave under every single comment that this comment does not represent the thoughts and opinions of the FDA. Could you imagine, man, the FBI's got a YouTube channel. They just start commenting on conspiracy videos being like, this is definitely not what happened. I can't tell you what actually happened, but that is definitely not what happened. Either way, don't do NyQuil chicken. All right, next up, we're going to talk about NVIDIA. NVIDIA, whatever. I I don't really care. People say it however you want to say it. It doesn't matter to me. Regardless, they are going to be releasing the 4 series of cards, which is going to be like the 4090. Uh, I think 3090s are still relatively hard to find. I can find them in stock, like if I spend a lot of time looking, but considering the 3 series haven't been in stock, especially with all the pandemic craziness, I'm surprised they're launching the 4 series as soon as they are. And on top of it, they're really going to be pricing a lot of people out because uh, it's going to be even more expensive than the 3 Series cards were. And I don't know if that's going to backfire just because I feel like crypto mining is not necessarily as booming as it was. And I think that was driving a lot of the demand for the old cards. NVIDIA betting hike won't deter core gamers holding out for its next gen chip. I'm not saying that I think their price hike is going to hold off people that are hell-bent on having the beefiest gaming computer possible, bro. They could slap that baby on a bun, call it a hamburger, it's so beefy. If you're going to go out of your way to, like, get the best graphics card, you'll probably pay the $200 more to get the newest version. I don't deny that. But what I think is starting to happen is they're just starting to price a lot of people out of PC gaming. I mean, like, you can build a decent computer still for $1,000 or less, but it's getting considerably harder each generation. And I feel like what might start to happen is almost what was starting to go away for a bit. Where I feel like the barrier to entry for a while on PC gaming was getting lower and lower, cheaper and cheaper. And for whatever reason, the last year or two, top of the line stuff, the price just seems to keep going upward. And listen, when like you start talking about individual pieces and parts getting near the $2,000 mark... It's nuts to assume anyone that's not like a full-grown adult with a a 40-hour-a-week job is going to be able to afford it. And even then, it's not cheap. If a graphics card alone is going to start costing two grand, you start doing RAM, motherboard, processor, power supply. Three, four grand on a PC if you go top of the line everything is not going to be unheard of. And I think that's going to be a turnoff to a lot of people. And I especially think about, like, I got into PC gaming when I was 16 and I had my first job. I saved up money and got a computer. You know how long it would have taken me to save up, like, $4,000 working a minimum wage job in high school while paying for gas and stuff like that? An insanely long time. 
I don't know. I think that's why I'm so into PC gaming is because I've been doing it for a long time. And I think like if you let people not be able to afford a PC till they're 30 when they have a mortgage and kids, they're not going to want to play it anyways and not be interested. I just feel like continually hiking the price just raises the barrier to entry, which isn't good. I'm not saying they shouldn't have high-end stuff. I just feel like getting more people on board at the lower tiers eventually creates more high-end consumers. You know what I'm saying? Like, in order to have a bunch of people to spend four grand, you need to have, like, eight times that amount spending 300. Lovelace, which is just code word for the 4090 and, like, the 4 series, succeeds Ampere, which is the 3 series, which was unveiled May 2020, about two months into the COVID-19 pandemic amid strong demand for gaming cards. Cards? Cords? When the Ampere-based gaming cards were introduced in September 2020, the the top-of-the-line 3090 listed for $1499 and the mid-tier 3080 at $699. For the respective classes of chips, that's a 7% heist hike for the top-tier chip RTX 4090 to $1600 and a 29% hike for the mid-tier RTX 4080 to $899. As for the 3090, an upgraded version of the original was going at going for 1100 at Best Buy and an advertised $900 price drop. I think what trips me out about this entire generation too is the fact that like even to this day you're hard pressed to find them for the retail price. I mean for like basically a year straight the 3 series were going for what? Like a, a triple, quadruple in some instances their original price. So maybe that's why this trips me out so much is that I I didn't pay resale for a graphics card, but it feels like even this last generation that's two years old, most people can't get their hands on as is. So the idea that they're going to come out and release it with a price hike probably doesn't have people insanely thrilled. And it'll be interesting to see how much it sells. I think this is like the first real test to see how much the GPU market was being held up by the crypto miners because I know like Ethereum, the second biggest crypto, you were able to use graphics cards to mine that and make money, which was pushing a lot of the demand for it. But they recently just stopped that being able to be mined. So it'll be interesting to see if they can charge these inflated prices and still have it sell out constantly or if gamers were actually driving a majority of that demand. Because I feel like for a long time, gamers have been using the crypto community as a little bit of a scapegoat. Oh man, I could only get my hands on a graphics cards if only those crypto miners weren't buying them all up. And I guess we're about to really find out, you know? If they release these and they're impossible to find, then we know it's not that because the crypto market's tanked and Ethereum can't be mined anymore. But if they release these and they're sitting on shelves for like months at a time, then thankfully they're going to have to start dropping prices because the artificial demand of all the graphic card miners that is gone now is going to come back to reality. That's what I hope happens just because $900 for a mid-tier graphics card is what I'm talking about in terms of pricing people out. Whatever, a 7% increase for top-of-the-line technology. The people that were already willing to buy a 3090 are going to pay an extra, like, 200 bucks for a 4090. But I think that mid-tier, the more you start jacking up that price, like 200 bucks, that's a huge chunk to change if you're already working with a budget for your PC build. Like, if you're already not trying to go over a certain price, $200 can really make or break that. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how all this shakes out. I just felt like talking about it because, I don't know, I like gaming PCs. 
And on top of that, it's fascinating to see like a company that hasn't been able to keep any products in stock for the last few years saying that it's going to be no issue, you guys. Don't even worry about it. We're raising the price, but everything's going to be fine. I don't know. If there's one company that I don't really trust what they say, it's NVIDIA or NVIDIA. No offense to them. They make great graphics cards. But every time they've said, oh, you guys are going to be able to start getting these in stock. Don't worry. Or like, nah, don't sweat it. Everything's going to be fine. It tends to not be fine. That's just tech companies in general. I feel like they used to have the best slogans. Like, didn't Google's used to be, don't be evil? And now I feel like all the tech companies are just very slowly becoming like James Bond evil corporation caricatures of themselves. We'll just keep raising the prices because these idiots will buy anything. It's almost like like a CEO from a comedy movie that's just not appreciating the customers he has and he's going to have a huge change of heart. Maybe the CEO of NVIDIA will get Scrooge McDucked and he'll have like that Christmas Carol experience come out of it all. I need to give graphics cards away for free. I really, really highly doubt that. I just thought this was interesting. So let me know if you're going to be getting a 4090 or like the 4 Series cards if you agree with me that I I just think the more you jack up prices on those lower mid-tier cards, the more it keeps people out of PC gaming. And if you don't give people the chance to get into it at a low price, they never stay into it long enough to be like willing to invest the big bucks that you want them to be giving you in the first place. But whatever, I'm just talking out my butt while playing Star Wars gameplay, or Star Wars Lego gameplay, so I'm not an economic expert or anything. Alright, this next story is about a Karen. Uh, It's been a little bit since I've talked about, like, a Karen news story on here. But this lady was basically running, like, an unlicensed dental clinic out of her back room, and the police ended up investigating it and charging her for running an illegal dentistry. Which has to be one of the weirdest things I've ever heard of someone running illegally out of their house, you know? Like, she was just sitting there one day. Ugh, I see all these people on TLC and whatnot. Dr. Pimple Popper, uh, the the plastic surgery guy, and that's cool. But I want to be a dentist. Usually you gotta go to school for that type of thing, but how hard can it be? I'll just uh, rip people's teeth out in my living room. And what's more insane is she had that idea, and some people were like, yeah, sick, and then used her as a dentist. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like my teeth are one thing, where if I booked a dentist appointment and showed up and it was just some person's house, I'm not gonna trust just anyone with, like, a dental chair to work on my teeth. If you don't even have an office that says, like, da-da-da DDS, I'm not letting you do anything to my mouth, bro. I'm flabbergasted people would just show up to somebody's house and be like, nah, seems legit, let me just go get this teeth cleaning real quick. You're lucky that teeth cleaning didn't come with, like, infected gingivitis or something, I don't know. But if this lady's not licensed, how do you even know she knows how to work on teeth? Like, there's not even a guarantee that this lady has all her teeth. And you're gonna trust her to be working on yours? I'm just saying. If I walked into somebody's living room and they told me to trust them that they're a dentist, just ask to see the degree. I feel like that's standard practice. Round Lake Beach woman charged with illegally performing dental procedures out of her home. Okay, she's been charged. She hasn't been convicted yet. This might just be one big understanding. Uh, misunderstanding, sorry, she might just be a tooth collector and a bunch of people were voluntarily adding to her collection. Technically, we can't rule that out. We can't say that has been ruled out in a court of law. 
Could you imagine if that was the real story? That would be terrifying. There's just so many people out here simping for this Karen that they're just willing to go, like, get their teeth pulled in her bathroom. I just want to know where she was doing the dental procedures. That changes everything. If she had, like, you know, used Dexter levels of plastic wrap to, to block everything off, it's still super weird, but for some reason I've got a feeling she was just doing this in her kitchen with like one hand in their mouth with a dental tool, the other hand in the Frito bag. I've got no proof of that. That's probably not what happened, but that's just what like the mental image in my head is. Just the most like an unprofessional thing you can imagine. Because I feel like this is one of those things that everybody just kind of understands you have to have a license for. I don't feel like anyone can just get confused and accidentally start a dentistry thinking that there's no degree or requirements necessary to start doing medical procedures. A Round Lake Beach woman was arrested after police conducted an investigation and learned she had been performing dental work out of her home while being unlicensed, authorities said. I would love to know how that investigation go down. Was it like a uh, sting operation? Did some cop have to volunteer to go get his teeth done by the crazy lady running the dentist office out of their house? Was there a bonus involved? They were like, okay, guys, we understand that nobody wants to go get their teeth worked on by the fake dentist. So we will be including a $1,000 bonus at the end of the year for whoever volunteers and a $50 gift card to Black Angus Steakhouse. I just don't know how you really conduct an investigation about that. Did they just sit outside their house and, like, check to see how much people were holding their jaw when they came out? Was she ripping teeth out with pliers? I just love the idea of some huge undercover operation to find out that this lady's illegally being a dentist in her house. I, I would love a sting operation, you know? We need the cops footage for that. I know cops got canceled, but we should only bring it back for, like, insane situations. If someone's faking being a dentist, it's a crime to make us miss out on that footage. That's it. That's all I'm saying. You're telling me you don't want to see what the inside of this home dentist office looked like even just a little bit? You're lying. You do. You definitely do. And that's not even a statement on the police. I just think that's some footage that would be hilarious to make a commentary video on. Just keeping on the topics of Karens, because I found another story that was crazy. We all know that every now and then Karens get up to no good, maybe taking a little bit of money out of the business account, doing a little bit extra double dipping on profits and whatnot. But I feel like there's just a few things that, like, everybody agrees we're just not supposed to steal from. Stealing from a school's not very cool. Stealing from a charity's not very cool. Stealing from a church is not very cool. This Karen, though, allegedly went above and beyond and decided to steal from a church, and not for, like, a small amount. Not like when they were passing the plate around, she just grabbed some and ran out the door. Nah, she allegedly took them for over a million. She got that seven-figure salary from, uh, hitting the scam on the church, allegedly. She's gonna start doing scam rap, you know? As soon as she gets out of prison, she's gonna drop first day out, but it's just gonna be about how she defrauded the uh, Catholic church. Florida woman stole $500,000 from church and helped hide nearly $1.5 million of donated funds. I know there's probably some edgelord like good right now in the comments, but you gotta remember, these are donations from people that are just trying to like donate to their local church and have a sense of community and it's being misappropriated, which is just messed up, man. Like, imagine you were giving money under the pretense that it was going to go to, like, build houses for the poor or something, and you found out that they were just kind of taking it and putting it in a secret bank account nobody knew about. 
It just feels weird to take, like, a bunch of money from something that could go to something good. It's like when people embezzle money from a school. It's like, alright, yeah, in most situations is the school district spending money stupid anyways? Sure. But you should at least let it go to, like, being spent stupidly on the school. It shouldn't go to your bank account. I also just feel like that's an awful lot of money to steal. Like, no amount of money that you steal is a good amount of money to steal, because it's just not yours in the first place. But $1.5 million, we're not talking about a tiny chunk of change here. We're talking about a pretty sizable investigation. I understand why they launched the investigation. When they, like, called him up and said, hey, there's some money missing, how much? It's not like they said 37 cents or some, like, ridiculously small amount. 1.5 million is enough to make any, like, serious investigative agency go, Ah, yeah, we kinda gotta look into that. I just really wonder what their plan was. Like, that's also a large enough amount where they're definitely gonna notice that was missing. Like, I I don't really know how much money churches are raking in these days. I've got no clue. I've I've never asked anyone who owns one. I don't know anyone who owns one. I don't even think that's how it works. I don't think there's a owner. But even if they're raking in the big bucks, I feel like $1.5 million is the big bucks. That's definitely going to come up when they're like, hey, we had this and now it's gone. I feel like that's a very noticeable amount in accounting. There might be a small margin for error when someone's doing the books, like they're $1,000 off, but it's $100 million, whatever. I did some math wrong, maybe. I don't know. I'm not an accountant. It's probably good I'm not. Listen to what I'm saying. But you're definitely going to recalculate if you come up $1.5 million short. And they're going to start investigating where it's missing from. They're not going to just let that slide. A Vero Beach woman was arrested after police said she used more than half a million dollars of stolen church funds and helped hide nearly $1.5 million in a secret bank account for more than five years. The Vero Beach Police Department said its investigation started in December 2021 when the Diocese of Palm Beach contacted investigators regarding a fraudulent bank account and the possibility of misappropriated funds that happened between 2015 and 2020 at Holy Cross Catholic Church in Vero Beach. Okay, so I will say $1.5 million is still a huge amount, but over five years, maybe they thought people wouldn't notice. Like, I still think it's stupid. People were 100% going to catch on, but maybe they, in their infinite wisdom, were like, no, we'll do it slowly. No one will notice. I think they really messed up making a bank account in the name of the church, too, because eventually the bank was going to contact, like, you know, the bigger church and talk to them about some issue with the bank account. I'm sure other parts of the church bank with them, too. And the second they contact them and are like, hey, this account with a million dollars just had a $500,000 withdrawal. And the church goes, wait, what bank account? It's going to raise a lot of red flags for everyone involved. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I feel like banks take like this type of stuff usually pretty seriously. Now, if you're just some uh, random dude who wants to deposit bags of cash, they'll look the other direction. But that's another video. Stealing is morally wrong, but I think especially stealing amounts this large, you're 100% going to get caught. Like, it just kind of becomes an inevitability at some point once you hit a certain amount. Like, look at Bernie Madoff. Like, yeah, he stole billions of dollars, but he did eventually get caught. Like, eventually it's going to unravel when it hits a certain amount, just because there's a certain amount that you're not going to be able to pay back. 
and there's a certain amount that people 100% are going to notice is missing and start looking into. So I really just don't know what they were thinking, and it's just even crazier to think that they were just, like, funneling donation money to this secret bank account that they thought nobody was gonna find out about. Really, really, really one of the situations where you're just scratching your head, being like, if you guys would have thought this through in the slightest, you would have known you were 100% going to get caught doing this. And while none of us know what happens after we die, I feel like I don't want to take my chances and steal from any church of any type. Because, like, what if you get up there and it's that guy? And he's like, yo, what up? What up, bro? After a nine-month fraud investigation, detectives arrested Deborah True, Holy Cross Catholic Church's former parish administrator. Investigators said they discovered that in 2012, True and former priest with the church, Father Richard Murphy, opened a bank account in the church's name. But here's the catch. Police said True and Murphy didn't tell the dioceses or whatever in Palm Beach about this account. And since 2015, bank records showed nearly 1.5 million of parishioners' donations were fraudulently deposited into this secret account. Obviously, if, like, the feds really want to find out what you're doing, there's not much you can do to prevent it. But I feel like we all also know that if you want to get away with stealing money, bank accounts are probably the worst way to do it because everything is insanely traceable. And I only know that from watching Ozark on Netflix. Like, I'm not even a criminal and I could have told you that you can't really take stolen money or, like, illegal money and just run it through a bank account. And if I know that from watching a Netflix show, then before you steal $1.5 million, you should at least do the bare minimum of research and watch the Netflix show. Goodness gracious, man. That is a good show, though. If anyone wants a, a show recommendation, <laughs> Ryan Rant's approved Netflix show. All right, with no sponsor. Netflix, feel free to toss me the bag, though. I know you guys are just, like, paying out the wazoo for new shows. You're getting desperate. Your platform's stagnating. I will never launder $1.5 million from you guys. I have no desire to own a bank account in anyone's name except my own. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just really okay with that. And I'm especially okay to not be stealing donation money. That just feels weird, bro. It's the same thing with the people that, like, scammed the PPP loans. Sure, yeah, you might get away with it, but, like, you did steal money from the emergency relief program. And, and I don't know, something about that just gotta feel a little weird. Either way, I don't really know what these people were thinking, but it is mega Karen mode to be funneling church donations into a bank account that you didn't tell the church about and then using it to, like, pay for personal bills and whatnot. And it's especially dumb to think that there's no way you're gonna get caught. Oh, they'll just let it slide. Don't even worry about it. If there's one thing I feel like everyone doesn't play about, it's their money. Whether it's a church, whether it's a business, whether it's a person. You mess with somebody's money, they're probably going to get insanely pissed and do something about it. And they were definitely going to notice the $1.5 million missing in the bank account open in their name without their permission at some point. And, uh, this just seems like a Scooby-Doo mystery, where you're like, what were you even thinking, dude? If, if a bunch of kids and a dog can figure out your crime, did you ever think the insurance company was not gonna figure it out? Whatever, that's enough Karen topics for this rant. Alright, so last week we talked about that GTA leak. Somebody hacked into Rockstar Games, stole the source code for GTA 5, GTA 6, and then some gameplay of GTA 6. 
The FBI is looking into it now, but regardless, some of the information that ended up getting leaked, people have been looking through and trying to dig more information out of, obviously, because it's GTA 6. We all know that this game is basically like the generational game that everyone's hyped about. It doesn't matter. If someone's a gamer, they're probably at least a little bit hyped for GTA 6. I know I am, but someone going through it was able to make the map of what's going to be released in the game, and it's going to be quite a bit bigger than Los Santos, which is what we got in the last game, which I'm grateful for. I just expected at this point, the way the gaming industry was going, that like they were going to make it really small and make me pay $10 for every street after that. Leaked GTA map coordinates reveal massive size of Vice City. I think if they were going to do like a small map, they would have to add with DLC. There's just no option. I don't think people would take the same sized map very well. But I uh, definitely am going to enjoy the fact it looks like there's multiple cities on the map. There's like islands and whatnot. It looks like there's going to be a lot more different things. I know technically there's another city in GTA 5 if you go up to that like small town. But let's be honest, it's not really a city. The only place that has really anything going on is that main area down there, especially online. Like, if you go up to that small town on the left-hand side of the map or the top side of the map, if someone comes to mess with you, they're purposely coming to mess with you. People don't really go up there unless they want to be left alone or are doing a mission, and in that case, they probably want to be left alone. I think it'll also be fun to integrate it online and make it so hopefully there's more, like, places people can live that are nice. Same thing in GTA 5 that I was just talking about. Most of the houses that are not right in that downtown area are just garbage, so it's the most populated area of the map. As Rockstar scrambled to take the videos offline and the FBI launched an investigation, users began taking notes of areas seen in the footage, cross-referencing past games and using coordinates in the leaked videos to help map out Vice City. Man, between this and the guy that has to be investigating, like NyQuil Chicken and whatnot on TikTok, there's so many government employees having to investigate, like, insane things. Obviously, GTA 6 is very valuable. I understand why they're going to get it investigated. It's like a billion-dollar franchise, a multi-billion-dollar franchise. They can't just have their servers being compromised and data being stolen and nothing happen. But the FBI's got to be looking into this dude who's probably just like a, a cool hacker guy, you know, straight out of the movies with all the monitors and keyboards and stuff. But they're looking into him and they're like, Sir, he's got a monitor that's dedicated to watching nothing but meme compilation videos all day. And his superior is like, You have to watch every video he's ever watched on that YouTube account. We need to see if there's any hidden messages. I'm sure the FBI is very thorough in the investigation. So could you imagine how much stupid stuff they're probably seeing on, like, people's computers? I just feel like our generation takes the internet a lot less seriously. Like, I just watch dumb YouTube videos all day while I'm making videos, documentaries, which I guess isn't dumb. But every now and then, dumb videos pop up. So if someone was trying to watch everything I've watched, it would just be really boring and there'd be nothing to it. They're trying to look for a secret message in, like, an entire PewDiePie Let's Play from 2009. Vice City's map size becomes even more impressive when you factor in how notable insider Tez2 suggested that GTA 6 will be adding new cities over time with single-player DLC, something unfortunately absent from GTA 5. 
Keep in mind, however, that the map could change and already may have changed drastically from what was leaked, so on release it could be different. In any case, once they finally share some official details on GTA 6, expect the map experts to get back to work and piece together this more modern day take on Vice City. I'm gonna be really cynical here, okay? I love how the game GTA 5 has been out for what? Close to a decade now? Over a decade? I don't know. Somewhere in that range. And they magically did not have the capability to uh, add anything like a city via DLC. That's crazy. That's out of the question. That would be unheard of. That's bonkers. But now that the new one's coming out, they're going to be adding a bunch of cities. It just goes to show how much they're milking us like a fat dairy cow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could have done this like 10 years ago. We just didn't feel like doing it because people were still buying shark cards out the wazoo. But now that everyone's starting to turn on us, we know that we have to take this next release very seriously. GTA is our main cash cow. Red Dead was good, but people don't really buy... I don't even know what the Red Dead shark card's called. Like, that just goes to show it. I, I can't even continue pretending to be Rockstar Games because I don't even know what it's called. They need this next game to be a hit, so I know they're going to take it seriously, but it's just kind of frustrating that they've wanted us to buy uh, GTA 5, what, three different times now? 360, Xbox One, and the Xbox Series X. So, theoretically, if you just bought the Standard Edition not on sale... $180 worth of the same game with like nothing really that major added in DLC map wise. But we already know that the next one off rip, they're going to be adding a bunch of it. Ah, the gaming industry, ladies and gentlemen, you got to love it. Either way, it'll be interesting when the game finally releases to compare it. I'm sure they're going to change basically everything that got leaked, but I wanted to keep y'all in the loop on that. All right, now we're going to talk about the economy. Yeah, woo, yeah. Half the listeners' eyes glaze over immediately. Uh, I just wanted to talk about this. If you haven't been paying attention, you probably should still know this. Housing prices have been going absolutely bonkers for the last few years. It's slowed down, but like houses are up, what, 50, 60%, even more than that in some really hot markets since the beginning of 2020. And it's not like people are getting paid that amount more in terms of their wages, so it's locked a lot of people out of the housing market. But it looks like the market is starting to freeze up, and usually after it freezes up, prices start to fall, which is good if you're looking to buy a house. Housing paralysis engulfs U.S. buyers with prices starting to fall. Soaring mortgage rates have led to the worst affordability in almost four decades, while sellers are also trapped in place. So for those of you that don't know, most people don't have cash on hand to buy a house. That's probably obvious, but you end up getting a loan called a mortgage, which is that amount spread out over 30 years. And when you get a loan for a lot of money, your interest rate matters a lot. Like if you're paying on a loan over 30 years, the difference between 2% and 6% is huge, especially in your monthly payment. And because most people are budgeting to afford a house based on what they can afford a month, the more that monthly payment starts to go up on average, the less house people can afford. And so the budgets start to go down in terms of affordability on like what people can buy. And so that kind of starts to squeeze the housing market because when money's cheap to borrow, like you can afford to borrow a $600,000 house and pay a, a $1,500 mortgage payment. Those interest rates rise up. Interest rates, sorry, that like $1,500 mortgage payment with uh, double the interest rate, now you're looking at like a $400,000, $450,000 house. 
And when that starts to happen, people stop buying, sellers get stuck, and they start dropping prices to be able to sell the house that they need to sell, whether they like got to move out of state or something. And usually it's just a cascade effect. Like Once one person's out, you don't want to be the last person out. People get fearful at that point. And uh, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling mixed about this. On one hand, people are going to lose a lot of money. On the other hand, I don't think housing prices where they are are really sustainable. It's just like a completely unrealistic goal for someone with the national average salary to expect to afford a home with the way the prices have been rising and especially with these new rates. So I think something has to correct because you just can't really have a world where like, or as functional society where no one's able to afford to be able to buy a home. I mean, maybe some people would disagree, but I don't know. I don't think like everybody renting forever is a very happy world, especially here. We call it the American dream for a reason. You make that completely unobtainable. It's just not good. Wages being frozen is a big problem too. I'm not saying it's all housing prices, but I I do think the way they've been going up is just unsustainable. The abrupt end of the pandemic housing boom driven by the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate hikes is leading to a sense of paralysis in the market market. A sign prices decline will accelerate, with mortgage borrowing costs at the highest level since 2008. House hunters have gone scarce, priced out, or worried about overpaying as America braces for a potential recession. Even big Wall Street buyers are holding fire, waiting for lower values ahead. Everyone is coming to the view that prices are going to decline, said Mark Zandi. Zandi, whatever, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, I'll do respect. Chief economist for Moody's Analytics, until that happens, nobody is gonna buy. I think what this guy is saying is true sometimes, that like fear of a recession can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Once people lose faith that prices are going to continue to go up, they're not going to want to buy an asset that they think isn't going to be worth that much in a year. And on top of it, with banks raising rates, it means they can literally afford less. So you put those two together, that's quite the wombo combo. But then you look at the fact that prices haven't even started dropping yet. People are just starting to think they're going to drop, and that means that everybody's going to be in for a world of hurt. Because if there's already a lack of buyers when prices haven't dropped, they're just being stagnant. That pool of buyers is going to really dry up as soon as the prices really start to be affected. Because right now you might have people that just have to move, some people that still have money that they made during the last two years of the economic boom. But once people start losing the equity that they have in their houses, they can't sell their house to move, trust me, the amount of people able to just go buy a house is going to shrink up dramatically. And I don't know at what level it balances back out and the supply starts to like even out with that demand again. But right now, it's hard to say that the demand is going to go up at all. And if the demand is going to stagnate or drop, there's no way the supply is going to magically shrink either. For a while, it was just like a huge seller's market. You put your house on the market, 40 people wanted to buy it in cash instantly. I think those days are over. And it'll be nuts seeing houses actually dropping in price for the first time in a few years. I don't know what's coming for the U.S. I don't know if this recession's going to really hurt, if it's going to be like a pain that we kind of have to have so that way the economy's a little bit more even. I don't know, but it's clear that something's coming. I think everybody kind of feels it. I don't know what it is. I'm not like a, in a, what is it? The, the people that can see the future psychic. But here's what I will say. Something will happen. Prices will go up or they will go down. That much I can say for sure.
The Fed is signaling more rate hikes ahead after its third straight 75 basis point increase Wednesday, and Chair Jerome Powell warned of a housing correction. Goldman Sachs, Inc. expects home prices to flatten next year. But Zondi is more bearish and he predicts prices nationally will fall 5 to 10 percent from peak levels without a recession, as much as 15 percent in a mild recession, and they could crash by 25 percent in some of the most overheated areas, he said. I think the areas that are really, really going to have a crash are the places where those companies that were like auto robot buying houses were operating. Like they would just, you put in your address, they would calculate how much stuff around you had sold for and give you a cash offer right away. If you were operating one of those and you have a huge inventory of houses that you were expecting to flip for more than you paid, you're probably going to be in quite a lot of pain, you know? Like, I don't think it's going to be a situation where you're going to make a bunch of profit on everything that you have in stock right now. In fact, there's a house in my neighborhood that sold to, like, one of those places that offered cash for his house, and uh, I was talking to him about it, and he literally told me, that what he sold it to them for, there was no way they were going to be able to sell it for more and they were definitely going to lose money. And they listed it for more than they uh, bought it for, obviously trying to make a buck, and it sat for a while, and now it is officially selling for less than they paid for it. And they put a bunch of work in. So I think a lot of those places that are hot markets are going to have some pain. I'm in Las Vegas, though, which definitely was pretty overheated these last few years. I don't know if that's everywhere in the nation. I don't know if that's in, like, the small to medium-sized towns as well. But I know large cities have had a super hot market. I don't know. I know some of you are probably bored by this topic. So uh, I'm going to move on. But I just thought it was interesting. For those of you that like the little bit of economic topics, let me know in the comments section down below. But if not, that's, that's also okay. I get it. I get it. So uh, let's get back to something about people being stupid on the internet. So uh, every week I've been doing this series, I've been doing a little bit of an update on the Russia-Ukraine situation, so I figured I would keep you guys in the loop, and a lot of stuff has gone on. Like last week, Ukraine just came in, took 6,000 kilometers of territory, really messed things up. And so Russia obviously had to respond to that, and uh, they're responding by activating their version of the draft or military mobilization. If you don't know what the draft is, basically it's when the government starts going around to people that didn't volunteer for the war and saying, guess what, pal, grab a gun, you're heading to the front line. It's not very popular with people, believe it or not. We've only done it in, like, World War One, Two, and Vietnam. But that's what's going on. They're getting desperate for men to the point where they're going to start grabbing people that don't want to be there and making them fight a war. Russians are protesting and fleeing the country as Putin orders a draft for Ukraine. So drafts are never popular. Taking a bunch of people and, like, sending them to the front line when they don't want to be there is never something people are stoked about. But I feel like it's especially unpopular when it's a war of aggression. At least when they're drafting people for World War II, you're like, I have to go save the planet. I, it's If I don't do this, the entire world's gonna fall. Like, it's an important thing. You got national pride. They attacked Pearl Harbor. This war, if you're a Russian, your president just decided to attack the country next to you. It's not going well. So now you've got to hop on a bus and go fight a war that you don't really care about? I understand why people aren't that thrilled about it. And especially with how bad the Russian military's been doing, I'm not surprised people are fleeing. I'm an American, you know? Like, if for whatever reason there was some huge war and the American military had to start drafting, 
at least I know I'm getting good equipment. You got people in Russia being sent right now with weapons from World War II. Body armor that's just like literally thin plates of metal and a plate carrier. I would not be stoked to head to a war zone where I'm getting clapped and I know that my uh, division commander has been secretly taking all the money for the equipment that's supposed to go to me. I think Putin bit off quite a bit more than he could chew. They do have to mobilize because if they don't, they're going to lose and that would be insanely embarrassing for him. But yeah, I'm not surprised people are not stoked about having to go fight a war that they didn't want in the first place. It's not like Ukraine was threatening Russia. You just kind of decided to invade and now they have to go fight for it. Russian President Vladimir Putin's order to mobilize more troops to bolster his struggling military campaign in Ukraine has been rippling across Russia as the military swiftly drafts new recruits and signs of discontent appear to spread. Putin announced the decision Wednesday, framing it as a partial mobilization that he insisted only affects a small percentage of Russians with background in military service. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu, Shoigu sorry, ordered an immediate call-up of 300,000 additional troops, even as multiple news reports suggested the real number could be three times as many. Alright, so the way they phrased it on TV is that they were basically calling up their reserves. It'd be like if we took the National Guard and used them for something. They're, they're kind of related to the military, but what's actually happening is they're kind of going out there and just being like, oh, you gotta go to Ukraine. And there's stories of people as old as 53 years old getting drafted. I feel like in the United States, theoretically, if things were going horribly, they could get older. But for the most part, they try to draft people in between the ages of like 18 and 25. They don't want to have to start pulling fathers away from families and like old men to the front line. But it does go to show how desperate uh, Russia is getting for troops that they're willing to be like yanking these 53-year-old men out to the front line of Ukraine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with 53-year-old men. We just know that they're not necessarily at the peak of physical ability. They're still strong, but it's not like... If I'm in a foxhole and I've got to dig a six-feet hole to hide from artillery rounds, I would be more excited if someone my age was there than some 52-year-old that complains about his back issues the entire time. Dimitri, I cannot reload my own AK. My hands have arthritis. Plus, dude, at 53, you've lived enough life. Like, I feel like you've earned the right to kind of sit there. You shouldn't have to worry about getting drafted anymore. I know technically it's not even retired, but come on, man. That, that's pretty old. It's pretty old to just be dragged out of your home and be sent to the front line. Obviously, this is not going to be popular, though. Like, it already was not going to be popular, even if it was standard. But just based on the fact that they said it was only going to be 300,000, it was only going to be trained troops, and now it's just kind of like, whatever happens, happens, is not going to be popular amongst your people. And I'm sure they already weren't thrilled, especially with that offensive last week. Like I said, I saw a lot of Russian state media, which is usually so far up the Kremlin that, like, their pressure is basically going to turn them into a diamond. They're so far up there. Even they were embarrassed by what went down and how bad Ukraine stomped on them. And people are now trying to get out of there so bad because they don't want to go to Ukraine that it's causing, like, traffic jams and huge issues with the amount of men trying to get out of Russia. Traffic jams in desperation at the border as Russians flee Putin's quote-unquote partial mobilization. The same thing happened in America during Vietnam, like people would go to Canada and dodge the draft. Draft dodging is what it was called, and I'm not surprised that it's happening here. I feel like any country ever that starts a huge mobilization has people that don't want to fight, so they start trying to leave. 
It'll be interesting to see where they go, though. I know sanctions on Russia have already shut down a lot of international travel. It's not like it would be super easy to get into Europe at this point. I could be wrong, but I feel like most countries kind of kiboshed the whole Russian visa program when this invasion kicked off in the first place. I know a lot of them have been going to Turkey, which is pretty close and has been letting some of them in. But I don't know, what's your plan once you get there? Like, alright, you leave Russia to avoid the draft, you get to this new place, you're not gonna get drafted, but like, what now? Who knows how long this war is gonna last? Putin keeps saying that he's not gonna back down until he takes Ukraine, but at the rate they've been going, that means that the war is just literally gonna go on forever and eventually Russia will just run out of people, or Ukraine. I think this huge mobilization getting all these people is more to boost his negotiating to like keep those two republics on the east side, but I'm not an expert. Overall though, it's nuts to see how little support the people actually have for this war. Everyone loves to say that like the Russians just love Vladimir Putin, they'll do anything for him. I think they have to say that. When you're out in public, you can't be like, oh brother, this guy sucks. But the fact enough people are trying to flee being drafted for his war, it's causing traffic jams, tells you everything you need to know about what they really think about what's going on. Vladimir Putin's partial mobilization of citizens for his war in Ukraine has already set in motion sweeping changes for many Russians as drafted men bid their families emotional goodbyes while others attempt to flee, scrambling to make it across land border crossings or buy air tickets out. For many of those leaving, the reason is the same to avoid being drafted into Putin's brutal and faltering assault on neighboring Ukraine. But the circumstances surrounding their decision and the difficulties of leaving home are deeply personal to each. For Ivan, a man who said he's an officer in Russia's reserves and left the country for Belarus on Thursday, the motivation was clear. I don't support what's going on, so I decided I had to leave right away. I mean, I get people wanting to leave. If you don't agree with a war, it'd probably be hard to go sit in a trench and fight for it. But I feel like if you're gonna run, you might want to go a little bit further than Russia light. Like, isn't Belarus basically propped up by Russia anyways? That dictator wants to be besties with Putin so bad. I also feel like giving news interviews probably isn't the smartest idea. I guess he only gave his first name, and Ivan is probably the equivalent of some dude named, like, John giving an interview here. Still, man, it's been crazy to watch all of this go down. What's really funny is a year ago, everybody was like, oh, man, the Russian military, it's, it's old, but it sure is tough. Like, those are some tough guys. And here they are having to draft people, like, 10 years out from retirement to go fight a war against a country much smaller than them that they can't seem to beat. And it's not even like it's reached insurgency levels yet. I think it's almost impossible for any organized military to, like, control a population that doesn't want to be controlled. But considering this is still peer-to-peer -peer warfare, like, this is army versus army, you would have thought that the Russian military, that up until this war was thought to be, like, oh, one of our biggest rivals, can't even win, man? Like, that's, that's kind of embarrassing. I don't know. I don't blame people wanting to leave for the mobilization. But I also don't think that this is necessarily all peachy good news. I think Putin's nuts. I, I don't think that's really up for discussion. He has control of a country with nuclear weapons. And the more embarrassed he gets, the more desperate he gets. I think the more willing he could be to do some stupid stuff that nobody in a different position would do, mainly because he's already nuts. 
So I don't know if this is good news. I don't know if it is bad news. It's good news for Ukrainians offensive in terms of how it was. But even if these 300,000 people get there, are they able to hang on to the territory? There's going to be a lot of changes coming up. But there's your update. I felt like keeping y'all in the loop. I, I promised I would every week. So uh, there you go. But we've got one more story that's somehow dumber than the NyQuil chicken to get to. Okay, so we all know TikTok does things sometimes that is uh, not considered fantastic, and this next trend is just bonkers. I guess Hyundai and Kia, two car companies, didn't really do enough due diligence when it comes to the ability to turn the car on, and it's possible to turn it on with like a USB drive, you don't need the key. Someone figured this out, started making TikToks about it, and the internet being the internet, you can't really control who sees what you post. And some unsavory people ended up seeing it and using this little trick to steal people's cars. And so now there's going to be a class action lawsuit against Hyundai and Kia, which makes sense to me. Like, as a car company, you just kind of got to make sure people can't get in and start the car without the key. That's like your only job. But I think it's especially stupid that we're living in a day and age where if somebody wanted to commit Grand Theft Auto, they wouldn't actually need to know anything about cars. They could just go take a look at the latest TikTok trend. Victims of TikTok Kia Challenge sue Kia and Hyundai after wave of car thefts. Car thefts were already up this year anyways, if I understand what's going on correctly. But yeah, obviously if there's some huge viral trend where everybody starts learning how to turn on a car without the key and get it to run, people are going to use it to steal cars. Is that right? No, obviously you shouldn't go steal people's cars, but people do it. People have been stealing cars since they started existing, even without a quick little five minute craft life hack on how to get it started. Now you just tell people in like a 15 second video, what's up guys, it's your boy KiaFan87 here to show you how to steal any Kia. Boom, there you go. You go downtown, you can probably steal 15 Kias in an afternoon. I think they're gonna have to settle, but the better question would be, what do they really do to fix it? It's not like cars are at the point where you can send out a software update to prevent someone from being able to do this. So you just kind of have to keep rolling around in this car that you know at any point anyone who's been on TikTok could just get into, get to run and steal. That's got to make you feel great, you know? You park in a huge parking lot. Well, I hope the car is here when you get back. Every time you come out, you're not sure if you forgot the parking spot or if your car got stolen because it really could go either way. It's a coin flip. Back in July 2022, the Kia Challenge surfaced as the latest viral trend on TikTok resulting in car thefts across the USA. The trend began after a creator on the app uploaded a video showing how he started his Kia by only using a USB cable and others quickly realized it worked on Hyundai vehicles as well. Both companies responded in early September, but now victim of the trend are suing the automotive giants. Why would you make a video telling everybody how to start your car without the key? I feel like that's one of those things if I was ever goofing off and managed to start my car with a USB, I would just be like, oh crap, that's not good. I wouldn't make a video and tell everyone about it. I would hope nobody ever found that out. How ironic would it be if the guy who made the video telling everybody how to do it, like his car ended up getting stolen as a part of the challenge? I don't hope that happened. I hope he still got his car. 
but he's the guy that posted the video telling everyone how to do it and then his car goes missing oh no how'd that happen maybe if you wouldn't have told everyone how to get the car started without the key it wouldn't be a possibility Usually lawsuits in America, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, that's frivolous and dumb. We're a very litigious country. We like to sue people. It's our favorite pastime. I throw it up there with baseball and football lawsuits. But this one seems pretty justified. If I spend like 20 grand on a car and you tell me it's safe and great and then come to find out anyone can steal it with a USB stick, yeah, I feel like that's kind of uh, some false advertising going on. If I think it's cool and then come to find out anyone can take it, that's that's a little bit of a misleading situation. It'll be interesting to see what they do to fix it. Like, that's what I'm really curious to see what goes down is like, how do you fix it? Do you have everyone bring in their millions of Kias that exist and just change it because you were dumb and didn't double check? Is this going to become a standard test in the automotive industry? Can we start it with a phone charger in the car? Yes or no? We have to figure it out. Anyways, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you did, please press the like button. Let me know in the comments section down below what you thought. And of course, subscribe if you're new and turn on those notifications. We've been doing it for a month. I hit y'all with the hour episode. So uh, if you guys like this series, please comment. It helps the video do better. And yeah, on that note, I'll see y'all next week. Don't get anyone pregnant. If you do make sure they're hot, I'm out. Peace. Oh, and tomorrow I have a standalone video about the MW2 beta. I didn't forget about it. I played it.